What is up? I am Miguel Antonio, and this is the Live and Create Podcast. It's where I interview artists and entrepreneurs about what it means to live a great life and create great things. On this episode, we have Caleb Unger. He's a children's author with a book coming out in 2021 called A Birthday Cake for Danny. In this book, he breaks down the true story of teaching his daughter Melody, who was nine at the time, about her brother who was stillborn at 26 weeks. It's a heavy topic. We dive into concepts of grief and dealing with loss. And you basically, you see two grown men covered in tattoos start to cry. Uh, It's an emotional one. It's a powerful story. And it, it was great hearing from Caleb. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. The Live and Create Podcast. To, to start with is, is our previous conversation. We don't have to recreate the same conversation. Cause that, that would be awkward. Are you referencing peanut butter on a burger? I am referencing peanut butter on. So break down what you do with peanut butter and five guys and why people need to know this. This is, I, this it is sounds vital important. information. Yeah. Yes, this sounds is important. important. This is, we should make a PSA with this. It, it's going to be. We're just uh. clip it right out. PSA. <laughs> <laughs> we'll tag five guys and Hashtag, it'll go viral. What is that? Pound sign? Uh, tic-tac-toe board? Yes. What, it, is that's that what, what they're calling it? it? That's what it, the, 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 the kids call it. The, the, the tic-tac-toe board. <laughs> the pound sign. My oldest is in the back <laughs> laughing at me. He's like, two dads making dad jokes. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you have to make dad jokes. Yes. It's like, why do gorillas have big nostrils? Why is that? Because they have big fingers. No, that's good. <laughs> that's that's a good one. dad jokes. <laughs> my five-year-old, when, well, she's 20 now, but when she was five years old, my niece told me that one. Was, just asked me straight up, why do gorillas have big nostrils, Uncle Baba? And I was like, yeah, that's a good question. She goes, it's because they have big fingers. <laughs> See? It's perfect. Brilliant. I, I made so, a dad joke on the Insta story um, before we rolled in, because Trey, like, for those who are watching this, our oldest is in the back and he's 16. He's super cool. And, uh, I made a joke about hashtag dope showing it. See, he's not even laughing. So <laughs> he's, he's, he's behind the camera. Not he, even he's laughing. doing the groan nod. Yeah, he did that. <laughs> Anyways, back to peanut butter, <laughs> peanut butter PSA. Okay. Break this so down. when I go to five guys, I take a little peanut butter with me because they don't have it as a condiment. Don't know why, why not. They should. They got jalapenos. Yeah, they've got a one. They've got a one sauce. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they got Frank's Red Hot. Why not peanut butter? Exactly. So I get a the you know the regular cheeseburger. You know, two patties, cheeseburger with bacon. Yes. And all I have them put on it is raw onion, pickle, and mustard. Okay. And then I go to the table, unwrap that juicy, delicious bad boy, add the peanut butter. Love it. Put it on the burger. Okay. And it, it kind of melts, gets creamy, and mixes with the tanginess of the pickles and the mustard. It, it, you know, it sounds weird. You're actually selling it pretty well. It's to delicious. Be I learned it from a crazy Minnesotan finishing, fishing who did it on a, a hot dog bun with a Polish <laughs> sausage, just peanut butter and mustard. It, it's it's, that it good. changed my culinary repertoire. So you guys life. heard it here first. You need to put peanut butter, unless you knew the guy he knew from Minnesota, you, you heard it here first. Uh, put it on five guys. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Every burger joint should have peanut butter as a condiment. <laughs> this is, this needs to be a thing. So other than culinary arts, you, you're diving in a whole bunch of different things kind of in life, right? You're a dad, you're I a musician, I am a, uh, you're working mm-hmm. at a gun shop yep. here in town. I forget, you told me the name. CR Sales. CR Sales, yeah. right? right You've had to put up with IKEA. texts for me trying to yeah. find weapons, those kind I of things. It. So yeah, the, 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 That's what I'm into, man. <laughs> you're trying to help out everyone. Yeah. But something big uh, has been happening. I even saw kind of sharing about it on social mm-hmm. media and kind of this journey 
um, of you publishing your first book. Yes. Right? Yes. And the, so the first attempt at publishing and it got picked up. That's amazing. Yeah. That's super huge. Now, so let's talk a little bit about just the book itself. Like what's it called and, and kind of unpack uh, the story of it. It's very powerful. Uh, it, it's called a birthday cake for Danny. Um, my wife and I, 10 years ago, uh, on May 4th, you know, May the 4th be with you, uh, experienced, uh, a loss of a child at 26 weeks. Uh, she, uh, gave stillbirth and it, it was horrible. Um, and a year later discovered she was pregnant again. And my wife, Lois being a librarian, and the insane researcher that she was went on a rampage searching for any kind of book that talked about losing a child and didn't really find much of anything and came up with a brilliant idea to what she wanted to call a family book, not just a kid's book, mm. but make it accessible for kids to look at and make it you know digestible. But just talking about, hey, you know, this new child, our second child, you're never going to get to know your brother because yeah. you know, we lost him before you came along. And the way we believe, uh, someday we'll meet him again in heaven. And that was a lot of the gist of it, too. So uh, I promised more myself, but I also, in a way, promised her that I would finish it. It took me nine years. <laughs> uh, three, about three years ago, just woke up in the middle of the night and finally put it out on paper, you right. know, those one thirty a.m., okay, this has, it's perfect, I got to get it down. So and you started, work, if I understand, you started working on it, and for about three years, but all of a sudden, at one moment, it well, all it was, came together? It was or? about, like, six years molded in my head, I like, see. eventually I'll get to it, eventually I'll get to it, you know, raising a, an extremely premature daughter, there's yeah. not a lot of capability to put her down and start doing stuff, you know, and I was, I wasn't in the frame of mind at that time to really work on it. Yeah. But yeah, about six years after my wife passes away, about three years ago, I finally get it on paper mm. and then started arranging it, moving it around, you know, wrote out on sticky notes, okay, what do I want to do for this page, that kind of thing. And then started searching for an illustrator. And that was impossible, it seemed. I, really? I had people like, oh, I know this guy, or I know this girl, or I know this person, or I know that person. Neglecting some of the people that I could have, not even thinking that Ben, you know, being what he does, he could have illustrated it. Right. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> or have him lay it out. Uh, but randomly got introduced through uh, to a person that my mom worked with years ago. Okay. Who's Amazon published a couple books. And I loved the illustrations. They were unique. Never seen anything like it. I was like, that's pretty good work. Especially for a topic like this, for yeah. a children's book or family book, yeah. as you're calling it. Yeah. It, having someone unique could be incredible. Yeah, just give it uh, – it, it's definitely not traditional Yeah, as far as the illustrations go. He, The way Nick – his name's Nicholas Caesar. Uh, the way he illustrates is it, – it's some of it <laughs> – I don't even know how to describe it. It's cartoony, but it's not – Overt, right. I guess, but it definitely it's unique. I've never seen anybody illustrate the way he does. It, when I finally got a hold of him and told him what I wanted to do, he was like, "Oh yeah!" And within a few minutes of me sending him the text, I start getting messages. Hey, check this out. What do you think of this? Yeah. Here's this book. I was like, "We haven't even talked about cost." You know, what? He's, <laughs> he's like, like, "No, no, I like I, this, this needs to be done. This yeah. is a topic. I guess he's got a lot of family who've experienced this kind of thing." And he's like, I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to make it right. Yeah. Um, 
plan he did within like 48 hours he drew 38 36 drawings <laughs> so you went from not being able to find any illustrator to so, an incredibly <laughs> well-motivated illustrator very, who, yeah who is passionate about the project which absolutely. like my experience working on different artistic endeavors you want that, that passion. passion that fire yeah. absolutely and then he sent me the last ones and i was like that's awesome and he treated me very well and how he I compensated him and whatnot. He was very yeah. fair. And then found a layout artist. She did it within a day. Damn. <laughs> I was like, okay. okay. They're both very passionate about it, wanted it done. Because um, they, they understood the topic, the need to, to be able to address this and talk about it. Because people don't really talk about losing a child. They don't, right. they don't grieve it. They don't process it healthy in any way, shape, or form. And they may do it in some capacity, but then they mm -hmm. don't talk about it again. Yeah, and it's way, like we, we discuss this. This is where we're going to leave it. And right, we'll move on, even though it follows you throughout yeah, your entire you, life. You will never forget that. <clears throat> it's an experience that leaves a mark on you. That is, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to use like impacting or you know. It's a lasting mark. You never forget yeah. it. It's, it's a scar. Absolutely. And there's some families that lose two, three, four children. I can, yeah, I, I can't know. imagine. I have a friend uh, who lost two children in a house fire. Yeah. And yeah. I, like, speaking to him after that, like, that's, I have four, four boys, and I, it, I can't it imagine It changes that. who you are when yeah. you lose a child. And some people get to know their kids and lose them. Some mm -hmm. people always have that, what would this kid have turned out to right. be? Who would this child have been? We named him. I mean, his name was Danny. That's why the it's birth, a birthday cake for Danny. Mm -hmm. Uh, my wife wanted to every year bake him a birthday cake yeah. and release a number of balloons of her how many years old he would be. Well, what I find in, in the grieving process, I lost a sister when I was younger. She was three months old. Uh, she died of SIDS. And, yeah. uh, but I noticed I actually didn't grieve it. I was three or four mm -hmm. uh, when it happened. And I didn't start grieving into my 20s, uh, which is very odd for me. But a lot of it was that. Like, yeah. The, the dreams, the, the hopes of what they could have been mm -hmm. um, and imagining uh, the life that they could have had, that yeah. we could have had together. And that, that's sometimes it's the hardest because we didn't know. Like she was only three months old, right. but you have all these dreams packed up. Yeah. And when a child's on the way. Yeah. So I had a friend from high school. Uh, I took my daughter to Children's Mercy for uh, a surgery. She had to have one of her cochlear implants taken out because oh, wow. it got exposed and infected. Okay. And you, once it's in, that, that's it. It's got to come out. Yeah. And then she had to go back and have another one put in. But uh, while we were there, I ran into Rusty and their daughter, Luna, had just passed away. She caught some kind of nasty flu. I think she was, uh, I don't remember how old she was. I don't want to quote it. But they had started to get to know her. You know, hmm. And I, 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 in a way, I can relate with him, but I never got to know Danny. Right. But they started to get to know Luna. Yeah. And I love what they're doing. I just saw this. They, uh, they collect birthday presents for her. Huh. And then they turn around and they donate them. Oh, wow. And I think they give them through Children's Mercy, yeah. if I remember correctly. And every year, the, the pile gets bigger. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's a beautiful way to remember your kid. Absolutely. That's awesome. That's a family who has grieved it, who has processed it, but now they've turned it into something amazing. Exactly. And I imagine each step of that each year becomes even part of the process. So yeah. Continuing to let go, continue to remember and celebrate. Exactly. And, and that's the cool thing is the remembering. Yeah. You know, it, 
because some people, a lot of families, apparently they just they just wash it away and they don't they don't mm -hmm. continue to remember. They try to forget. Exactly. And that's not the right way to do it. Yeah. Well, and that's I think what I discovered for myself. It was more of a thing of just push it away mm -hmm. to where eventually it just came. Like I I had a pullover on the side of the road. And yeah. Like yeah, like a flood of all these emotions that I didn't even know existed. Yeah. Uh, which it sounds like your book might be a great way. Even well, I'm curious. So for Melody mm -hmm. is is your daughter's name. Yep. Um, how has it been like this journey for you? What's it been like for her? Has she been part of the process, part of the writing process for you? And like, how's that been affecting her? Melody's an incredibly unique child. We all say that about our kids, right? <laughs> Melody definitely is. She, she, if you look up unique child in the dictionary, there's Melody. She, her disposition is very different than most children. Mm. And a lot of what we've learned about how her brain developed, uh, as she was so premature and apparently there's some genetic stuff from I think it's my, her mom's side my wife's side their connective tissue disorders and whatnot that didn't allow her there's parts of her brain that didn't develop completely they're different um, but she asks questions and but she doesn't really process emotion hmm. um but when, I mean, she started to ask me what the tattoo about Danny was one day, and a lot of the book is based on the conversation I had with her. Oh, okay. Um, so in a way, she inspired it. Yeah, it, yeah she was the one that kind of was the catalyst that made the writing finally get finished. Gotcha. And it, it was an interesting, as I re recalled the conversation with her, her questions were so gen genuine, you know, like, because she wants to know why everything happens. Mm -hmm. and she's, she wants to get down to the nuts and bolts. Of, and she asked me directly, so why was my brother born different? Wow. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how to answer this. Yeah. You know, but it made me really sit down and think about it and really process it, you know. What actually happened? I hadn't, I mean, I was there. I know what happened. But I hadn't really processed it. And I was like, hmm said it was just one of those things that her body wasn't able to support the baby right her body just couldn't handle it that's why we lost the first one that's why we lost danny but the reason melody was alive and survived is because we had experienced that before and lois knew exactly what was going on with her body and got herself to the hospital immediately oh so you had similar issues with yeah, melody yeah going into danny was uh, was the result of what they call a placental abruption okay it just detaches from the uterus and suffocates cuts off the baby from all life support right and if you don't get the baby out in time it will die and at 26 weeks it would have been dicey for Danny to be in the, in the NICU, but he could have lived. I mean, we saw the Melody did. Right. She was born at 23 weeks, 13 ounces, 10 inches, tiny little bitty translucent baby. That's wild. It's yeah. it was insane. That entire summer was and <laughs> insane is an understatement. I can only imagine, <laughs> too, like how soon was that after Danny had been born? A year. Because okay, so, we lost uh, Danny on May 4th of 2010, and Melody was born May 21st, 2011. So you're only a year past mm -hmm. that, which I can, again, can only imagine. And then looking three weeks younger, right? Yeah. She's 23 weeks at yeah, this she point? Yeah, she's 23 weeks. And then going through that. What, how long was she in the hospital? 186 days. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, almost five months. Yeah. yeah she, she finished her gestation in, in a NICU, <laughs> in, a, in an isolate uh, incubator, whatever you want to call it. And I, my understanding of the story is your wife had passed away. Well, 
here's the crazy that Lois survived the entire duration of Melody being in the NICU. Okay. Her goal was to at least get home the three of us as a family, and she achieved her goal. Yeah. We took uh, Melody home on October 5th of 2011, and then October 11th, Lois went to the hospital for the last time. And then, then it was just me and Melody after wow. October 15th. Yep. But not just me, man. I mean, I've had a lot of family support. You know, there's, it's been an interest. But as far as yeah, it was just your, me, just your me and Melody. Yep. Yeah. So, so you and Melody have have already grieved and and kind of journeyed oh, through a lot of things yeah. at this point. <laughs> and how old is Melody now? She's nine. Nine. Yeah, she's awesome. So by nine, she's experienced life in. <laughs> I mean, in ways, even sounds like her own health issues that most yeah. people may not experience throughout their entire life. Yeah. Yeah. She's lived in nine years what a lot of people probably go through in 50. Right. Yeah. I mean, in my 38 years, I've, I've lived a lot, too. Sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like it. Um, I mean, and even since then, there's been a lot that's happened with our family, but right. well, we all have our stories. What are, the, what are the conversations been like? If you don't, it's a little bit off from the book, but... Uh, with Melody and processing with her losing her mom as she's been old enough to grasp that. So the really cool, one of the really cool things that Lois did before she passed away, I had no idea what she was so fervently working on, but anytime we were at home, if she wasn't, and even when she was on dialysis, she took the laptop with her um, and she, and the, the last week or so she was alive, she was, feverishly working on it and finally I saw her hit this the enter button and goes it's done hmm. I was like what's done she goes you'll see I was like really she goes I, I can't explain it right now it's I was like okay okay and I kind of left it alone and a few days later she went to the hospital and I didn't get to ask her what it was and we did her memorial service we you know about three three or so weeks after she passed away package shows up in the mail can't remember which company it was one of those online companies where you can make your own book and she wrote a book called mighty melody to from her to melody to explain the the whole adventure of being in a NICU wow and all the pictures that we took she put it in this collage book and wrote you know the story of mighty melody living in her giraffe and you know and all <laughs> what was that like for you like it is right now that woman was amazing i miss her every day that's as powerful as she was able to leave that behind for you and for melody yeah even so even what she's going of, through yeah and to sit there with melody and go read through it she can tell you the whole story now yeah you know of her being in, a, in what they call the draft and at uh overland park regional and uh that she was born early and that she, that she was born in a special way and mm -hmm. defied odds. Every doctor and said yeah. that she wouldn't live. And we were actually, Lois and I were pretty shocked that they even asked us, do you want us to try to save the baby? Wow. We're like, well, yeah. Cause they just felt like it's such a long shot at this yeah. point. Yeah. And we're like, Damn. we don't care. We've already lost one. We got to at least try with this yeah. one. <laughs> Like if there's one percent, there's one percent. Let's yeah. let's fight for it. Yeah, I mean, see if it's point zero one percent. Right. So the, so you're saying there's a chance. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jim Carrey. Yeah. 
Uh, what are the odds? One in a million. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> Man. Yeah, that's... So the... And I do remember... Wasn't Melody on a billboard for a she while? Has. Yeah, or, she has. So, she's still got a poster. Any of the St. Luke's... Um, any of the health system, there's a Go Life campaign. Yeah. Her poster's still one of the Because I remember popular. driving one time. I was like, I sw- wait a minute. I think... Yeah. I know her. <laughs> yeah. She was on the cover. We were the cover story of Health Magazine, and it's her holding her little guitar and rocking out. That's right. <laughs> That's wild, man. So yeah. how, did you guys – well, no, this is your first book, a mm-hmm. birthday, birthday cake for Danny, yep. right? a birthday cake is, for Danny. Do you plan on publishing uh, Melody's book or um, – Well – I, I've entertained the idea of doing like a little series anyway called Mighty Melody you know, right? and taking her from the NICU and then, you know, the, doing the cochlear implants, learning how to hear yeah. you know, at a year and a half old, almost two years old by, before she could even hear mm-hmm. and then how to learn how to talk and catch up. And there's a, there's a potentially, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like it could be a very powerful series. And cause I think about like, you know, I was a three or four year old, kid dealing Mm -hmm. with uh losing a sister you know and i know i'm one of millions who like it's probably not as common but there's so many people in america yeah that that you're gonna see that i could see that being a powerful thing even maybe a story of i don't obviously i don't know all the context of the story she wrote but even the story of and your wife was lois Mm -hmm. right of lois's passing and maybe even writing that book and leaving behind that legacy. Yeah. Uh, it could be, I don't know, I think it could really help a lot of people grieve and wrestle through a lot of things. Uh, yeah, and that, that's be... totally the point of this book is to get people to talk about it. Right. Because that's the biggest aspect of grief is talking about it. Mm-hmm. If, you don't ver- if you don't verbalize it, if you don't vocalize it, it doesn't really become real. And even if you're doing it in your heart, in your mind, whatever it is, unless you get it out, right, it's not going to happen. It makes me think of uh, Central Intelligence, you know, the mm-hmm. real emotional movie with The Rock and Kevin Hart. <laughs> where, so emotional. <laughs> where Kevin Hart is talking to The Rock, and, and I've, I've kind of like a man crush on The Rock, so oh, anything The Rock. Dwayne's like, the man. Yeah, he is the man. But uh, Kevin Hart's talking about dealing with his emotions, and he's like, no, what you need to do is you need to put in a little ball. Just stuff it down deep inside where no one hears from it again. <laughs> and but it, that's, it is that's the opposite. But <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it's, but yeah, that's what a lot of people it just do. Eventually erupts somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's going to come out um, in even, some capacity. Yeah, and for what I notice uh, in my own grieving process, I don't know if it sounds like you dealt with grief in a, a lot more healthy way than maybe most. But I noticed I learned from mistakes. From yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh it. it not dealing with it the right way when uh, we lost, well, before we even lost Danny, um, my wife's dad lost, he lost a nasty battle with pancreatic cancer, and he was only 52 years old. Wow. And Lois was real close with her dad, and before, and then right before that was when we had lost Danny, yeah. you know, our son. And so we did not do that in a healthy way at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll just be all straight up honest. We should have bought stock at Jose Cuervo. Right. That summer after we lost Danny, she and I, we drank a lot of tequila. No, I get that. And it, it was easy. It was it was definitely the wrong way to do it. And thankfully, we had people get in our face. We're like, guys, what are you like, doing? Pull you out of this. <laughs> Stop it. I mean, your your glass recycle bin is full of 175 bottles. What's going on right. here? 
Yeah. And that's a piece of where I think it, it manifests itself somewhere. Yeah. In often just and, yeah, destructive ways. Very destructive, unhealthy ways. I mean, it, it's, I'm grateful that people didn't let me slip back into that. I mean, I did kind of go the wrong direction right after Lois died mm-hmm. for a while but not as heavy and as hard. Mm-hmm. But somebody finally told me, are you ever going to stop not dealing with this? Right. And I was like, good question. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you know what? Right now, I don't know. So yeah. um, what do you do when you're 29 and your best friend dies and now you're at home with this tiny little fragile baby who turns out to not be as fragile as I thought she was. <laughs> but I was She's I mean, leaning was into the mighty lost. part. No. <laughs> Indubitably. You should watch that kid take on a steak and potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> She's like 12, 15 ounces? Let's do this. Yeah. So. I thought she was going to eat the whole Casey strip I put on her plate the other night. I was That's like, awesome. really, kid? And she keeps cutting up. She goes, I'm taking the rest for lunch tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> My eight-year-old eats steak like that. He yeah. wanted a steak, was begging for steak. At, with, he was out with uh, my mom his grandma and and she's like fine i'll get him a steak but i'll probably have to finish it he like tore through that steak ate some of her steak and ever since then he's like more steak he gets mad because i'll have steaks for lunch sometimes and because that's like pretty much all i eat (laughs) and it's like just meat and and he's like why can't i have one it's like it's my lunch back off you know (laughs) (laughs) two flashes this is ridiculous how much tv is in my life you remember andy griffith yes it's been a while it's been a while there's a i remember a scene where opie you know they ask him what he wants for dinner and he goes meat <laughs> i mean of course the, then, the carnivore diet something totally. like i'm almost doing unwittingly for the most part i try to sneak in a salad every once in a every, while or, or yeah. an apple maybe yeah well no no yeah. it's jalapeno basically salads are an excuse for ranch dressing and yeah. jalapenos that's oh. That's Fair. really what I want, but I feel like I gotta mix in some greens or something so with maybe, it. Just maybe to, a little bit of carrot slice in there. Or something. Yeah, you know, just to maybe uh, some mushrooms. Feel no, no, no mushrooms. No, no, never, no. never mushrooms. Oh, wow. <laughs> they ruin things, in my oh, opinion. No, but fungus are great. <laughs> no, no, no. At least more for me, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but then the other one was you. You would say, "No, this is mine." Back off. Reminds me of Joey from France. You, Joey doesn't share food. <laughs> I, we, that gets brought up at our house all the time because even uh, my wife and I were dating and. And Trey was floating around here. Um, he's sitting at the moment. He's not floating. My two oldest boys are my stepsons, and so she rehabbed them. And he's, I think, six at the time. And I had no kids uh, coming into this this dating thing that I was doing. And we get dinner, and he starts grabbing food off my plate. And Dude, I like I looked at her you. and <laughs> looked at him, and I'm like, "What are you doing? <laughs> you cannot do this." No, this is. Miguel does not share food. Yes, it, it's kind of it's kind of my thing, but no, I get it. Yeah, go prison rules, huh? Hover <laughs> over it. Yeah, you know? I've had to learn to back off a little bit, and then I learn when you go eat Indian food, everyone shares. Yeah, sharing is caring. <sighs> yeah, yeah, that that's hard to get I, to. I've watched some shows. Yeah, you know, Andrew Zimmer, and, you know, I think he was uh, the Bizarre no, Foods. I don't think I know that one. Oh, but you'd probably dig it. Okay, but he was. I think it was it. He was in somewhere. In, I want to say it was Somalia, maybe. I don't remember. But one of the things is if you know, it's all off the big plate and if the host, the mom, whoever it is that's in the house puts it in your mouth, you have to eat it. You just eat it. And she picked up this piece of this like sun-rotted sausage <laughs> that they consider a delicacy. And he knew what it was. Oh, and he's it'd be like, better okay. if you didn't. 
And he, he accepted the look on his face when he accepted it. He's like, okay, I get it that sharing is caring, but oh. Did he actually finish it? Well, he had to. Oh. Well, he didn't want to be rude. That's true. <laughs> There's some things I've tried to eat and I just couldn't even do it. It's oh. like, I got, I got to bolt out of here. I got to go. Have you ever been in the room when somebody cuts up in a durian fruit? I don't even know what a durian fruit is. It, what is that? It's, I think it's from Indonesia or somewhere. It's uh, an Asian fruit. But okay. when you cut it open, it smells like farts. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I don't need any of People that. willingly eat this. I'm not sure why. <laughs> but I went to a friend's house once when uh, his mom was preparing chitlins, and they were soaking. Oh. And I was like, don't look in the pot. Whoa. Don't Whoa. look in there. Can't do this. It's like when they're boiling a beef tongue. Don't look <laughs> at it. <laughs> yeah, none of that sounds fun. But beef tongue is actually delicious. It's like the most tender roast beef you've ever had. Oh, man. But you but saying beef, beef tongue... Beef tongue. It makes me not want to go near it. Fair. I just don't want to do it. Uh, so now with the book, um, you – so most people like do the self-publishing thing, all that. But mm-hmm. you actually have a publisher who's mm-hmm. working with you with the first book. So right. can you unpack that and, and so, t- what that, what's that journey been like? It's been a bizarre one. Um, first publisher I submitted to, I didn't know that they didn't do children's books. Oh, okay. And – I called him, said, hey, just curious. You know, I sent this in a few weeks ago. Didn't know what you guys thought. The lady says, it's lovely. You did a great book, but we don't do kids' books. She goes, but I'm willing to bet somebody will pick it up, so keep going. Nice. It's like, well, do you still have it? I know a lot of publishers will just trash what they don't take. Mm -hmm. She goes, I'll send yours back to you. That's Mm -hmm. cool, because Ben printed out on pretty nice paper, uh, like a rough copy, if you will, of it. Right on. Uh, So I was like, okay. Started doing some research, started doing some research, put out, you know, questions on social media, how to do this, what do I do? Um, And one person was like, yeah, do the self-publishing thing. It's real easy. You can go to this website that'll link a hard copy and a digital copy to Amazon, and there you go. Boom, you've self-published. I was like, okay, we could do that. I asked Ben about doing some kind of promo video. um, It's like, that's one thing I could do. So I did, what are the top 30 publishers? Google searches, you know. There's amazing amounts of articles on it. Um, found out to get to like Random House or Scholastic, any of the big name publishers, you have to have a literary agent. And to get one of those, you have to somehow get another publishing company that's not one of those big names to publish you and get noticed. Gotcha. There's a lot of vanity publishers out there that'll, oh yeah, you pay us 10 bucks, we'll print out this book for you, and you have to pay 10 bucks a copy, and you can do whatever you want with it. You're like, so you, what you're saying is, I don't need you, is what I just heard. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. publisher. And uh, the music world has a lot of people like that. Like, we're like, we just got signed to a deal, but I just noticed we're still paying for everything, right. so what are we doing here? <laughs> right, I'm paying $9 for every CD I'm printing. That's not, I thought you were supposed to pay for it, and then right. distribute it and let other people oh, pay for I'm it. Oh, I am promoting it? You're not. Okay, so. Yeah, so this really isn't a record deal right <laughs> yeah been there too so publishing world has a little bit of that uh, yeah there is a lot of that too there and then there's like a step in between uh which is covenant books is one of the options and that's who picked this up okay where there is a little investment from the author it's relatively minimal mm-hmm. they have connections to ingram and i can't remember the other distributor um and they will distribute it worldwide Nice. Every English speaking country, and the, apparently there's options to translate. Oh. It's like, cool. They also do print and ebook on Amazon. They do print and ebook through Barnes and Noble, and then they do ebook through Apple. Okay, so they so kind of got all the pipelines. They've got all the pipelines rolling. Okay, uh, which 
by myself, I have no way of getting into any of those avenues except for maybe Amazon alone. Right. So I was like, well, that's pretty cool. And they put together a promo video as well. That's They put it on their website. They'll link it to a bunch of social media. They allow us to share it to. They, um, they help, you know, with the edita- editing and uh, the layout, even though mine's already done. They're like, oh, so we don't really have to do much work here. <laughs> we like cool. this. You know, so that what it was generally going to be an eight to ten month process to get it all put together, get it printed, and get it out and available could conceivably be a lot less time. That's awesome, man. So, what's the target date now? Uh, they, we haven't talked about that yet. I just okay. got in touch, or the agent, uh, publishing agent just got in touch with me yesterday. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it sounds to me sometime early next year. Awesome. I'm man. hoping by spring at the latest. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Wish I had a copy of the, you know, what is that? We do the whole Jimmy Fallon thing where they're like, here, it's right here. Hold it there for a second. Yeah. I mean, maybe I could point and say, look, there's a cover right there. Yeah, actually, we'll do do that. that? Ben, Ben, who's behind the the camera work is magic. Right here. The cover of the book. Right here. Vanna White it. Beautiful. All right. There. (laughs) So, man, you've been through a lot. Life has right? been a, an, an interesting adventure, to say the least. Now, so I, I'm curious then to hear, you know, when it, when it comes to this idea of live and create. Like, mm-hmm. at this point, where you're at, the journey of, of hope, the journey of loss, um, and now this, this new journey of sharing that story mm-hmm. with many other people. When you think of living a great life, what does that mean for you now? That's an excellent question. Living a great life, at least for me, is waking up every day grateful that I'm still alive, I have my daughter, and I get to enjoy every moment I can with her. That's, when I think of great times, when I think of the things that bring me the most joy, or the, the, the experiences I've had with Melody, yeah, and the thought of what we can get, potentially get to do you know mm-hmm. say this book does take off and i get to go like on a book tour and i could take her with me wow that'd be cool. you know, how cool would that be yeah and I just, that kind of just gives me tingles and chills thinking you know <laughs> i could take her to see the grand canyon and stop in phoenix and do a book tour show or you know go up to the great lakes and we can see you know wisconsin and minnesota and even ohio <laughs> but I guess I don't, they got the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's true. Hit Cleveland. That, it is pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty I, cool. I do want to see that. I've never been there. Take her to Yellowstone. You know, those kind of all the places I got to go as a kid with yeah. my parents. I'm thinking now those. That's the good stuff. You know, get out there, right. live your life. Don't be stuck on your phone or your video game, what have you. There's too much to enjoy. Why not enjoy it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love that idea of gratitude. Um, I feel like I've heard a lot of different people talking about that recently. And mm-hmm. I think especially a year like yeah. 2020 where it's like there is a lot of things we can focus on uh, that aren't great and need to be dealt with. But at the same time, there's a lot of great like the beautiful things like yeah. where like right now I have the opportunity where I'm at home most yeah. of the time with all my boys and my wife. And we I can't remember a time that's been like that yeah. <laughs> with either I was touring or I was working like, you know, 80 hours a week or whatever it was right. that kept me away where it's like, no, there's a lot of blessings. There's a lot of things to be grateful about Absolutely. in this time. So that's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. And yeah. It, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was, I was just going <laughs> to kind of expand upon it. Yeah. That because we had this lockdown 
it gave us all this time to get outside yeah. and go check out nature. You know, you can go yeah. walk around a park and not, you need social distance real easy. Right. You know, get out in the woods, get out on hiking trails, you know. For go. some people, social distancing, they're like, cool, I didn't want to talk to anybody anyway. Right. So we're like, let's get. <laughs> I, I hunt, you know, I've hunted for a long time and one of my hunting friends, he goes, dude, we were the original social distancers. That's true. <laughs> so much so you wanted to hide to where yeah. no one could see you. Yeah, we're sitting in a camo tent in the woods away from everybody. <laughs> What's new? <laughs> That's awesome, man. I it's it's a cool idea to think about Melody traveling around with you doing that yeah, as well. I think that'd be awesome. Uh, for what I've been fascinated um, with, so like in touring, I've been meeting like younger artists who are like nineteen and twenty, um, and them talking about their influence of their parents on what they're choosing to do now. Hmm. As far as like, there's one guy is named a friend of mine now named Na from New York. Cool. And he has a poem about his father and how his father's example led him to like that very stage that he was performing at. And so it, it's a, it's cool to think what that's going to do for her I seeing you even in, even if the, let's, if the book goes somewhere, if it doesn't even part of that process, how that will affect her and help her see the world in this new way. Like I can create things, yeah. I can do things that can impact people. And exactly. that's something I think a lot with my boys, like me being home more, they see me playing music like two of the two of the boys started a YouTube channel, you know, like nice. doing all this stuff, and and it's like, and even like with Trey, I think he's in the back doing work now, yeah, but uh, he's, he's doing virtual working. school. <laughs> he's actually but, doing something. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like he he does a lot of he's very involved in like political activism and using social media for that, where hmm. he actually learned social media a lot in some ways by being with my band when yeah. we would go tour and those kind of things. So it's I think it'll be cool to see. You know, 10 years from now, yeah. this journey, how it impacts her, how she sees life. So I, that, that will be exciting. And so the other part of it, live and create, mm-hmm. creating things. Yes. Um, and now you have this thing stamped now, getting ready to put it out in the world. Uh, what does it mean to you at this point to create great things? The, regardless of success with it, just the completion of a project the seeing the final thing come together be done like you said stamped mm. it's it's gratifying it's it's rewarding in itself to know that you did a thing <laughs> you know like I, I did the thing <laughs> right here's the thing be it a book be it a, a painting be it a youtube series be it an album be it a podcast to create something to put out in the world and have your name on it that will never be taken away from you. Right. That, that is yours. And you get an ownership in saying, I put a mark on the world, be it small or large, mm-hmm. this is now out there. And there's not a lot of people that do that. Yeah. And it's not necessarily that hard. It's the motivation behind it that gets you to go, okay, I'll do this. Right. You know? You've, you've created music, you've made albums. That process is, there's a lot of fun with it too. Yeah, there's headaches, there's arguments, there's bickering, there's amongst yourself even, like do I right. really want this to sound this way? Or do I want this sentence <laughs> to be this Usually those are the way? worst arguments for me. So the ones like, where no, you, no, you suck. No, this, yeah. you know. Die off my shoulder, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But yeah, it's, 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 it's rewarding. It's, you get, you, it, to be proud isn't necessarily the right word, but mm-hmm. you get that self-accomplishment and you, 
So this in a sense, great. like creating great things is really just the process, uh, seeing the process through to completion yeah. for you. Yeah, you know? yeah. To, to complete it and go, awesome. Now what? That's awesome. Yeah. And that's like where that. the ideas of the, <laughs> the Mighty Melody series are coming from. I've had a couple other suggestions of things to do too. My Uncle Doug's like, hey, going. can I just feed you ideas and actually you write the book? <laughs> I was like, sure. He's he's had kids' books ideas his whole life, apparently. And I was like, why have you never done it? Do it. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And that's what I actually have a friend who reminds me all the time. Uh, his name's Evan. And he'll, he'll say, because I talk about good is the enemy of great, is this idea of I want great things, right? Uh, but he said, but sometimes great is the enemy of done. And done actually makes an impact <laughs> that's and, true and it's yeah. like any because and he constantly reminds me of that it's like you put that in the world and as an artist most often we're never happy with with it a hundred percent we are our own worst enemies exactly absolutely but then it's like you can never get to the next thing if you don't finish this piece and then you right. figure out it becomes this whole work or this whole ecosystem or a whole series that creates impact and and then if you hold it you know if you save it in a hard drive yeah. That's no good for anyone. No. So. You got to put it out there. Yeah. Yeah, like you were talking about the, all those videos and the interviews you did. Right. <laughs> doesn't do any good sitting on your laptop, man. Exactly. Let's finish it and get it out there. So then now you can move on to the next project. Well, awesome, man. I think it's awesome that you're on this journey. I think it's some powerful subjects that most people don't want to touch. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important for people to wrestle with. And uh, I know the suffering loss at a young age, even for me, is a, is a big deal and it still it still impacts my life now as a 40 year old man yep um and, but you giving people tools to wrestle with it in their own way is it's pretty awesome man so well, thank thanks for making the time my and, pleasure thanks uh, for having me i'll this definitely a lot uh, of fun give it give a heads up when you know when the book comes out and awesome right, man. thanks for sharing your story thank you <laughs> That was good, man. Yeah. That was Thank you for listening to the Live and Create podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment or a review. The Live and Create podcast.